0: Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by the wonderful Sarah Fox. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? Hi, oh, Amy. Oh, I'm so
1: happy to be here. It's so lovely to be a guest on someone else's podcast, and I can
0: and relax and not worry about the questions. It's great. And you're used to bit doing podcasts as a host yourself,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I have a a podcast called Do Good and Do Well, um, and I'm coming up to the first year anniversary, um, which is amazing, and I can't believe I've been doing it for a year. Um, But, yeah, I love, I love, I love podcasts so much. (laughs) What do you love about them? Uh, I really love hearing from people who you wouldn't normally get to hear from. So for me, one of the things that I'm really trying to do in my podcast is amplify those voices that we don't usually hear. You know, particularly I work in in the creative industries and often, you know, there are brilliant people, but often it's the same people that we're hearing from. Um, So I love I love the idea of having that conversation I love how informal they are as well and I love where they take you and I think mine's probably very similar to yours in that there's an overall theme but actually it kind of who knows where this conversation (laughs) will end Um, and I find that really fascinating and I I find talking to humans fascinating because we're complex and brilliant and resourceful and you know we, we want to hear more
0: of that and hear more about the challenges that we have and that we share. And you said specifically talking to humans. Who else do you talk to, Sarah? <laughs> well, well I, I don't think I could share that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it, it is, it is fantastic. And congratulations on your year anniversary. What a great oh, effort that is because I know how much goes into pulling a podcast together. So well done for that. So Do Good and Do Well, where did that originate from? Uh, well, that's my mm, kind of community. That's what I, I
1: founded, this community called Do Good and Do Well. And the podcast actually is called Do Good and Do Well, How to Be a Change Maker Without Losing Yourself. And one of the things that I noticed both from my observation of others but also my own experience is that when you're a change maker and when I talk about change maker some people don't particularly like that phrase but it's but it's people who want to contribute positively to the world in some way or another um those people will often give and give and give and give until they're actually quite depleted and exhausted. And then they'll give some more. And actually, they're not really, A, they're not making the impact they want to make in the world. And B, they, they're losing themselves. They kind of forget about why they're doing it, what they want their life to look like, you know, their own wants and desires. So, do good and do well is really a call to action to say it is possible to do good in the world and be well and have a life that you love and not compromise on the impact that you make because you put yourself at the centre of the journey. So I I think I heard the phrase on a – it was on another podcast, actually, and it – you know those moments where you've been – I'm not very good at naming things. I've always struggled with that. And as a project manager in the arts, it wasn't a – You know. uh, it wasn't a thing you kind of wanted because you had to you have to name a lot of projects and ideas. Anyway, so it was one of those moments where I heard it and it it just clicked. It resonated so much, and I remember writing a um, on a post it note and I've still got it actually. And it says, um, "It's not it's not bad um, to do good and do well." And, um, yeah, So, so a lot of what I do, most of what I do as a coach and as a mentor is around this idea of working with people who have such a strong desire to contribute in the world, but who want to also enjoy life and have joy themselves and not feel selfish or guilty about it.
0: And I'm just listening to you, Sarah, and I'm thinking, absolutely, you you want to create that life that you love without the compromise, being able to stay healthy and finding that joy. And I'm just wondering, was this a case of you you also mentioned about giving and and depleting yourself and losing themselves? Was this a, a cathartic process that you went through and now you're giving it out to others?
1: Yes. Yeah, there's two parts. There's the observation. So I I I worked in the not-for-profit sector for over 20 years, working with people who had come into that world really wanting to make a difference, and I saw how much they gave, you know, the number of hours they worked, the energy that they put in. Um, And I saw people – I saw that costing people personally, the, you know, their family life marriages you know their health their well-being and then I worked for an organization which was all about arts and kindness so how can we create um kinder more caring communities through arts and creativity and I worked for that organization for nearly 10 years and absolutely loved it and after about eight or nine years so in that time I'd had my two children as well my life had kind of changed it was very different how it was when I started there and I loved it and I gave everything and what I found was that I was being very very kind (laughs) to everybody at work and all the participants of the projects and the artists and the partners that we were working with and you know all of that giving so much and then I would come home and I had no energy to do anything else had no energy to be kind (laughs) to the people that I was living with you know I I wasn't a particularly nice person quite snappy frustrated stressed um and I remember being at my mum's house one day at her kitchen table and just saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't I can't do that constant, like being at work and then being a mum and then doing the house and right, it just feels really tiring and I don't feel like I'm really engaged with any of it anymore, which was hard because I really loved that organisation, really loved it. So I, I had to make a decision about what would be right for me and I asked myself, who needs me most right now? And the answer was my family and me. And, yeah, so I left that amazing organisation um, and so, yeah, it is that, you know, I've been there, I understand it. And of course we all have different experiences and, you know, I know that for me, a lot of that giving was around people pleasing. And this is, this is in hindsight, right? Didn't they So, this at the time, this is through me becoming a coach and and understanding these stories and, and, and having therapy and all those things. Um you know and 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 for a lot of change makers that can be the case actually you're not giving from a place of enough you're giving because you want to be liked or you're giving because you're you know you really want to achieve and and so I think my own experiences feeding into this idea of do good and do well are
0: it's an important thing to pay attention to and you mentioned that it was with hindsight that you can see all of this now Sarah and that it, you could see how you were people pleasing and that you were you'd become a different person at home because you were depleted or you'd completely given everything at work and there was nothing left for for those you love and 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 often and I know when my husband is going to be editing this podcast later, he's gonna be nodding, thinking, Yeah, <laughs> recognize this, recognize this. And it was a case of you do, you 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 give your loved ones all the all the the bad energy because you know that they'll forgive you for it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like
1: children, isn't it? You know, uh, when you go to an um, parent's evening and you hear about how brilliant your children are, how engaged they are, how they're curious and kind and polite and all of those things, and then you look at your reality and you think, oh, hang on a minute, <laughs> There's something, uh, something's a bit different here, because it is a safe space. Your home is a safe space for you to be able to kind of kick off those shoes, get rid of that mask. Um and you know really be who you are at that time but unfortunately when 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 that is sorry when you're not in a state to be your kind of best self at home other people are suffering because of that and you're suffering because of it you know nobody wants to be at home and just like feel so exhausted that they can't enjoy being
0: at home they can't enjoy socializing with their own friends that kind of thing so why was there an either or scenario Sarah why couldn't it have been that you had the best of best worlds of both worlds that you were able to retain the job and also give that time to yourself and and look after yourself Mm. I think I didn't
1: realize it was possible because I hadn't heard that story before And actually, it's interesting you asked me that question. I hadn't really thought of it in that way. But I think, you know, part of my mission is to say to people, you can do both. Because for me, it was a case of I didn't know how to move forward with it. I didn't have any role models, particularly of women who are, you know, working senior leadership roles. Um, being very boundary you know most most of the people that I had worked with both within the organization and externally were working way more hours and they were paid for in the arts you know financial well-being is a real problem because people are, are generally not paid very well for what they do and um and I think I think there was something for me about I mean, and I was very privileged, very, very fortunate that I could stop working. I didn't have anything else to go to. Um, So I know that that's also not an option for everybody. Um, But there was something for me about really stepping back and thinking about my why, you know, like thinking about what am I here on this earth to do? Um, What do I want my life to look like? How can I choose rather than feeling like, oh, I've got to be here and these are all the things that exist and I've got no control over it. Actually, how can I get control Um, and really decide on what's next? And I suppose part of that is that um, a few years before my dad had died, he died when he was 62. He died on his birthday, on Boxing Day. Um, I watched him pass away. Um, I just turned 40 you know there were these kind of life things I'd um uh we'd had infertility issues I'd had a miscarriage you know there all these things that happened in that in that very short space of time I mean it's 10 years but relatively short space of time and I think all of those experiences were making me think hang on life is short and I want to know what's possible for me but I can't do that whilst you know. and I was part-time you know it wasn't like I was working full-time either I was part-time um so yeah uh I think I've answered your question
0: <laughs> so there's lots of different areas here, Sarah, that I, I could pick on. There's lots of different strands that you've just sort of un, unraveled and left me ready to pull on. And I think the first one is is that mission that you didn't know how at the time, you didn't have those role models in, in the senior leadership and And they didn't have those those boundaries. And so now you're very keen to show people how they can do both or they can compromise on different areas and have a more rounded view of of life.
1: Yeah, I think I've I've been working a lot around this idea of life-work balance um, at the moment. And I think everything comes down, it comes down to me It comes down to choice. It comes down to enabling, encouraging, creating a space for people to feel like they have some kind of choice. And I think so often in this world, we can feel like we don't have choice. We don't feel empowered to make those choices. We don't have enough self-efficacy to feel like we can be brave and take those leaps and you know I think when I'm working with clients on on this idea some of it will be around the stories that we're telling ourselves or they're telling themselves around what's possible that well there's kind of two parts of it the first is this you know what are the systems and the structures that are in place that exist that might be stopping you from having those choices and having that control and feeling feeling empowered to live a life that you want and then the other part of it is that individual responsibility what's what's our responsibility in that um and creating a a life that is full of purpose it's funny you know when we think about well-being one of the biggest ways of increasing well-being is to connect with your purpose to have meaning and so for me that's interesting because i'm working with change makers who are you know who have a purpose who have somehow come into this world because they want to make a difference yet because of that as well they are overworking overstretch exhausted um so the mission really is about me being able to say where do you need to step back where do you need to step in and what is your choice what choices are you going to make and becoming very self-aware of all of it if that makes sense, Amy. <laughs> it,
0: you know, it makes a huge amount of sense. And, and the purpose strand is, is obviously one that I'm, you know, wholly supporting alongside all of the other elements. But it does make a huge difference mm-hmm. in in your well-being. And you mentioned all the events, you know, some very sort of tragic and, and sort of sad events that you've experienced. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear about all of those across the, that time frame of the 10 years. Were, were they the moments where they challenged you to to? to take control or they challenged you to sort of see a difference between your responsibility and not just letting life happen to you? Um, It was probably, it's probably a mix of both of those things depending
1: on the experience. I mean, it's interesting, I would say, the infertility because at the time I didn't feel like I had any control over that whatsoever um I suppose I did looking back I could have said I'm not doing it <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna have this IVF treatment I'm gonna make a different decision um but you know it was taken out of our hands once we had decided to go on on that treatment and you know you have to follow have all these injections at the right time and all of that kind of stuff um I think things like with my dad my dad I remember having a conversation with him about three days before he passed away. And there were so many things that he wanted to do, so many things. And one of, what, what I haven't said is that he was also a disabled man, so he had cerebral palsy. And I had, had observed him living a life where he didn't feel like he fulfilled his potential. Um, he didn't feel like he always belonged in a place. He was a big people pleaser. Um, and you know that idea of kind of him having to adapt you know he grew up as a disabled child in the 50s he was very very poor uh him and his family were very poor so that I you know I could see from that that I do have a lot of privilege and that I do have choice and it wouldn't it be really unethical of me to not exercise that choice wouldn't it be a waste if I'm kind of not um, reaching my potential you know I think what's interesting is coming out of the art sector and starting my own business is that my view of myself is just expanding of like what's possible and I never would have thought I could have done things like start a podcast and get my voice out there at that you know um, so all of those experiences that I've had nourish me fuel me to do the
0: things that I'm doing now. So what changed? What gave you that belief that you could start to have a podcast? Just doing it.
1: <laughs> I think it's as simple as that. But I actually, one of the, one of the, I think my strengths is that I'm not a perfectionist at all. And I also, if I look back at my career, I'm, I'm not afraid of change and I'm not afraid of feeling fearful. And actually, I used to say to people, I quite like feeling a little bit scared. Like, there's just, because it's amazing, isn't it? When you feel a bit scared and then you do it, like, it's incredible. But I had always done it within the boundaries of someone else's organisation. And I, you know, you'd have to adapt because you're on a particular mission because you're working for a certain organisation that has that mission. And so I think coming out of it, training to be a coach has like I wish I'm sure all coaches feel like this like I wish I had done that when I was at school because it is so empowering um and I think I I I'm just taking action and if it goes wrong it goes wrong but everything for me is a learning um that I can use even if it hurts at the time but you know it is it's just like
0: just do it you're sounding like a Nike advert right, right now, Sarah. <laughs> I am. I'm full of loads of cliches, but you know they're cliches for a reason. <laughs> no, I love it. So having intentional actions and and being very self-aware. I mean, clearly, you, you you have this incredible ability now to to understand yourself and feel empowered, which is you know th- that that absolutely comes from the coaching, but also that element of liking to be scared so that must mean almost that your comfort zone is ever expanding because you you're you're moving out of it into your growth and to this discovery of a new world all the time so what's on the agenda what what are you planning oh
1: world domination change uh, uh, um i think that's an interesting question Because I'm planning on, you know, practically I'm planning on growing my business, scaling my business, reaching more and more change makers, helping them to live lives that they love and make the impact they want to make um you know i I love my one to one work I love my group work I've facilitated group my entire career, and i um it brings me so much joy so there's that kind of practical stuff, but i think for me, there is something about just stepping into the brave, courageous, um kind, compassionate human being that I want to be for the rest of my life, and knowing that regardless of what it looks like practically, that I can I can look back. There's a question I ask um a lot of my clients which is when you're 95 and you're sat on a bench and you someone comes up to you and they ask you to talk, tell the story of your life what will you say and so often the answer isn't about particular projects about particular programmes, anything like that, it's about how they want to be. And if I can look back and say that I've been creative and courageous and I've connected and I've made a difference and I've been happy and joyful and I've survived, then then that's my vision.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I think if you get to ninety five, you can fair, safe safe to say that you you did survive. <laughs> I did survive, yeah. <laughs> but but I love that, and I love the, the the choice of words that you've got there: the brave, the courageous, the kind, the compassionate, the connected, the happy, and the joyful. I mean, absolutely, what a wonderful story of life that is, and it is that that joy that it comes down to. It comes down to the, that element of of happiness. And and you were talking earlier about purpose being very a huge part of the well-being happiness is is you know determined by uh, your sort of emotional baseline your life circumstances and that intention uh, intentional purposeful activity so how how is it that now you, you mentioned about the change makers and you also said that a lot of people don't like that phrase change makers but you you're holding on to it you use it you've used it a lot <laughs> Um, so how is it that you're going to be moving these change makers into a space that they want to be? I, you
1: know, I, it, I, it probably goes back to what we touched on earlier about seeing what's possible for people. And, the, and, and you know, that, that's why the podcast is so important and the idea of reaching lots of people is so important because... If we get to see ourselves in other people's stories, we can start to see what's possible, and it feels a little bit easier to take the action ourselves. Um, so so for me, I think I think it's that remind well, firstly, a reminder, reminder to people that it's okay to. Well, um, uh, it's about rediscovering why they did their thing in the. Past. I mean, this you know, this is what your podcast is about. Rediscover. Some people feel so disconnected to why they're doing what they're doing, and it's all a bit scattergun approach and and um, um, not streamlined. <laughs> Sure, there's a better way of describing that, but um, um, and I think so. Yeah, so for me to really help people reconnect to their purpose, but also their values. For me, values are really important. They, um, you know, your core values, not the ones that you've acquired from stories, from culture, but what you really, really, what really matters to you. Um, and I think you know, bringing those together with very practical ways of holding boundaries having difficult conversations with people so that you can get what you need without feeling guilty that you've offended someone Um, you know thinking about self talk you know how we talk to ourselves i think There's so much around well-being and self-care that for me is just so surface level you know it's a growing industry there's a lot of um, commodification commercialization around it and I think there's that for me helping change makers to really talk to themselves in a compassionate kind way um, will really help to open up what's possible for them.
0: And you mentioned, Sarah, earlier about that you, you feel as though you're privileged to be in this position to to really show what is important to you and that it would feel like a waste or it'd be unethical. And you, you also just mentioned sort of that feeling guilty or without feeling guilty. Is there a lot of that that drives you that sort of away from that waste of, of not living a, a life of fulfillment that really drives you as well as the towards motivation?
1: Yeah, I think there probably is. I mean, but at the same time, I'm also trying to be... um, I'm trying to be kind to myself around that and know that I am also complex and human. (laughs) And, um, you know, that there will be stumbles and there will be ditches that I end up in and... um, so, so yes, I think both that external motivation about, you know, helping others, supporting others, um, making the world a, a, a nicer place for people to live in, um, to help them feel connected, but that internal motivation of, you know, I don't... I would hate to be um, in a hospital bed, like my dad was, saying... Oh, only if only and um you know that i i used to say to myself i i could never be freelance i could never run my own business that's like for other people other people do that i'm here to be an employee <laughs> do the work but, you know and i think even if i got knocked down tomorrow i would think actually i've i have done the if only I have tried. I have been brave. I have been courageous.
0: And I think that's it, isn't it? You know, it's it's making peace with your own mortality and knowing that you know you are living every day because isn't that that phrase, isn't there? That you know how we spend our days is how we we spend our lives, and and it is that that it, knowing that every day you're doing something that has that purpose and has that internal driver that is. Ticking those boxes that you mentioned about being brave, being courageous, and and connected, and compassionate, and kind, and knowing that every day, hey, you know, if that's it, if this is my lot, then that's okay.
1: Yeah, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like people to think that I get up every morning, jumping out of bed, going, you know, I want to fill my purpose today, and you know, I've got it all sorted, cause that I honestly that is not the case (laughs) at all um you know and I do do that the other end of the day do you dive into bed saying yes I did it (laughs) well I try and do gratitude at the end of the day to go you know what or what or something like a what have I done list so I feel like I have achieved something but I would also say um that I think part of my purpose is also to just is also to be mum and wife you know and also to be me and me in all of its glory and all the with all the flaws and you know it's sometimes yeah sometimes just having a day where you you know you don't necessarily connect to that I don't want to call it like a work purpose but for the purposes of this um that makes sense to me but you know also just that sense of you know what if our purpose
0: in life is just to be us yeah that's a drop the mic moment <laughs> what, is, what What if? absolutely yeah but is not isn't isn't that isn't that the 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 real purpose is that we are all unique you know we are meant to do what we're meant to do and be who we're meant to be and we we have that you know it's a fundamental thing that is there it's there and it comes it shows that to us it purpose shows itself to us when we're quite young and then we bat it away and say no 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 that can't be it no 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 i'll go and try and and discover all these other things only to sort of find later in life that it's sort of there again it comes back to us and yeah here i am again i'm still here yeah it's funny you say well, not
1: funny it's funny it's funny you say that because i wrote a blog and it was about volunteering and i i started to volunteer from a really young age like i i think one of the first um and i was an an activist from a young age so i um got a petition got lots of parents to sign a petition at the school so that girls could wear trousers because at the time we could only wear skirts um which is ironic because now my daughter never wears trousers to school she refuses. <laughs> she refuses to take- but anyway um so you know and I was I, I was I did a lot of volunteering at school helping younger you know junior school helping younger children to read but also I remembered like there was this patch of ground in the school um and my friend and I got one of those um like soil sieves <laughs> We were taking out all the stones from the soil and trying to make this patch of land prettier for people to look at. And um, so I've always, there's something innately in me that is about others. It's about somehow, um, yeah, making the world better for others, whether that's something that they're looking at or or helping them to feel certain way and all of my work now is about that it's about creating space for people to be brave um you know I talk about creating safe spaces but also it's about creating brave spaces as well um and it you know and it is about I feel like if I can help all of these change makers, agents of change, leaders of change, you know, however people however people want to describe themselves, that's the catalyst, isn't it? I'm the catalyst for more and more amazing stuff to be happening um, in the world. So it has a knock on effect on those individuals, but then the people that they're working with as well, it has a knock on effect with. So yeah, I can just I see when I look back, I see this thread. What I have to be careful of um is that I'm it's coming from a place of me feeling enough and not because I I just want people to think I'm kind (laughs) and nice
0: so how are your family now knowing that you well you you did compromise and, and you gave up that job and then you were very present for them how do they find you in the house now are you still are you snappy and grumpy and depleted um, I can be. Yeah, certainly. I mean,
1: you know, just before we came on this call, <laughs> I shouted down the stairs, turn off the internet, everybody. <laughs> no one make a noise. Um, uh, I think that's a working from home thing though. Um, I, I think I am much more present. I think I am a better, um, I don't really like that word, but, um, I feel like I'm a better parent to my children. I feel like I'm a better wife. I listen more. I, um, I think therapy also helped me a lot with all of that stuff. So it's the coaching and therapy. Um, yeah, it do. I think life is more balanced. It's a balanced life full of purpose. Um, not it has its ebbs and flows of course but um yeah it feels good
0: and exciting I love that Sarah so do good do well absolutely I see how you've come through this whole journey yourself and now you you are absolutely creating those brave spaces for others to excel in and and what a wonderful world it is how would people get in touch with you if they would like to be wrapped in this brave space that you're creating for them um well i would
1: love i would love to be more amy rodinson with my podcast and i'd love people to come and listen (laughs) and reach more people so come and find me i'm on all the podcast platforms as far as i know and it's called do good and do well um but also, you can find me on my website, which is um, sarahfox.co.uk, uh, and come and say hi. Send me a message. Send me a DM. I'm on all the social media. Um, yeah, um, so come and find me and chat to me and talk to me because I yeah
0: love conversations. Fantastic. Well, everybody, you heard it here. Go and tune in to do good and do well. You've you've listened to Focus on Why. So give Sarah's podcast a chance now. <laughs> Yeah, come on, Amy, get... (laughs) I'm hogging all the people, I'm hogging all the listeners in the world. No, not at all. This is, as you said, right at the beginning, podcasting is incredible and we are an incredible community in terms of how generous we are and supportive of one another And um, because there, there's plenty of space. There is plenty of space out there and, and as you're creating plenty of brave space out there. So go out and get those voices heard. As you said, you, you want to amplify, amplify the voices of those who wouldn't usually have a voice or wouldn't usually be heard heard. yeah yeah absolutely there's a big difference there so fantastic sarah it's been an absolute delight hearing your journey of purpose here i've really enjoyed being taken down your 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 route of of all the different strands that you've shared so thank you and it is true talking to humans is fascinating (laughs) it is thank you amy i've really enjoyed our conversation brilliant how would you like to leave the focus on why listeners today i think i've
1: mentioned it already but i think really consider your self-talk you know how you talk to yourself um what are those voices how you celebrate yourself how you criticize yourself just become aware um and then if it's not how you want it to be you can
0: find the tools to make it better Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcasts five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or join the inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose. Have a plan. Focus on why.